do I see and reward only the start or do I see and reward also the muddy middle and kind of all the way through? So that's when I say, like, think about the impact of what it has. Like, so there could be a blind spot associated with your strengths. Another could be that you may identify through the report, you know, I tend to gravitate towards people who have similar strengths to me or who communicate in similar ways. Or when I'm making hiring decisions, do I think that I'm hiring people who think like me, which may be appropriate. It might not be. This is all like building awareness. So I think that that's where leaders could start if they're doing it as an independent person. A really brave leader, I would say, would share their report with their team Mm. and say, I took this assessment as I'm trying to learn more about myself. I'm trying to grow and stretch and explore my boundaries as a leader. Would you read this and tell me, do you think this is true? Welcome back to the In The Lead Show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and this is episode number 24. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the Clifton Strengths. Have you heard of the Clifton Strengths? Have you taken the assessment before? I know for myself, I think I've taken it now twice, uh, once in my professional career and then once recently in my personal life, just to kind of understand, you know, a little bit more about myself and see actually how accurate it was. And I have to admit, after taking the assessment, for me, it's pretty spot on as far as like what my top strengths are. And it was a lot of fun kind of going through that exercise and talking to Audrey Reinach. So Audrey Reinach is our guest on the show today. She offers coaching, you know, Clifton Strengths in her coaching practice, and she's facilitated Clifton Strengths courses for individuals and teams, reaching hundreds of mid to senior level professional students within a Fortune 100 company. So Audrey has a a lot of experience uh, working with Clifton Strengths and using that in her personal and professional life. Audrey and I met through the UTD coaching program that we both went through back in 2020. So her and I are both ICF certified coaches and she happens to specialize in the Gallup certified strengths uh, assessment. So I highly recommend you check it out. Um, and at the end of this show, Audrey will give us a discount code that if you are interested in taking the self-assessment, you can grab that code, go to her website and purchase it and get the results and start using it in your everyday life. Now, a little bit more about Audrey. She is a lifelong learner and she holds a bachelor's in economics from the Cal State University, Los Angeles, and an MBA from the University of Georgia and a master's in leadership and organizational development from the University of Texas at Dallas. Since 2011, she has also held a PMP. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, that's the Project Management Professional Certification from the PMI. A California native, Audrey now resides in North Carolina, just south of Charlotte, with her husband of 13 years and two young daughters. In her spare time, she enjoys playing tennis, coaches for the local Girls on the Run chapter, and squeezes in reading whenever she can. Now, Audrey's top five Clifton strengths are empathy, consistency, intellection, connectedness, and relater. It'll be interesting as you hear throughout the show today, we'll go over my 
top Clifton strengths as well and get a sense for, you know, who and get a deeper awareness for who you are and how you show up and how you might be able to use those strengths in your leadership of yourself and of others. So I'm looking forward to having this conversation today. If you want to download the show and you want to share it out, I would really appreciate that. You can go to the intheleadshow.com. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the In The Lead Show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and I am here with Audrey Reinach, a strengths coach, to talk about Clifton strengths. Welcome to the show, Audrey. Well, thank you so much. Good morning. It's, it's to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, Audrey and I, just a little background for the listeners, we went through a, the executive leadership coach program at University of Texas at Dallas for our coaching certification. So I'm really excited that you could be here. And I know that you have a lot of experience with the Clifton Strengths. So I'm really excited to get that information out to people and how they can use it in their lives to become better leaders. So I'm really excited for the conversation. So am I. I think Clifton Strengths is a, a fantastic tool for leaders and individuals, even parents. So lots, awesome. lots to offer. Awesome. Well, before we get started, I would love to know a little bit more about you and give the listeners a little bit of history on who is Audrey. So who is sure. Audrey? Sure. So let's see. So Audrey is a mom um, who lives in North Carolina. I've relocated here by way of Georgia from California. I've lived here for 13 years, 14 years, um, married two children. I mentioned I'm a mom, uh, two girls, four and eight, as I was sharing earlier, they really rule our world um, and our household, <laughs> everything within. Um, for 20 some years, I worked in real estate, finance, project management, and through that process, found that what I loved the most about my working time was when I was leading teams. And specifically in leading teams, it was coaching people, helping them find what it is that really makes their heart sing. You know, is it, I love projects. I love, I love finance. I'm a numbers person, you know, whatever the thing was, um, really helping them find that and cultivate it. From there, I'd say that's, that's how I came across Clifton Strengths. I, I took the assessment, I would say 20 years ago when it was called Strengths Finder and then retook it five years ago or so um, after it had been rebranded as Clifton Strengths. I think I probably took the report and stuffed it in a drawer and <laughs> didn't really think about it for a while. Um, but then later came back to it and thought, you know, I think this really is who I am and there's something here for me to follow. And as I followed it, I found my way towards coaching, kind of mixing what I saw in the Clifton Strengths Report with what I loved about work and move towards, move towards coaching and kind of met you at UT Dallas. And here we are today. Yeah. Wow. That is really awesome. Yeah. I think I also, I, I, when we had had our exploratory call, I told you that in my corporate role, I've probably taken five, six, a dozen different kind of strengths assessments over time. And I think it was called strengths finder the first time that I took it maybe yeah, the last 15 years or so ago. Um, and I felt the same way. It was like, oh, okay, that's nice. And, you know, stuffed it away, you know, filed it away in my email and just never looked at it again. Um, so 
maybe we could talk about what is Clifton Strengths. Yeah. Yeah. Clifton Strengths is an assessment. Yeah. In a world of assessments, it is one of money. What Clifton Strength is about is about identifying the presence of talents um, that are described as talent themes. So Don Clifton, who's the father of this assessment, was in World War II, came back from World War II, became intensely interested in psychology and people. What is, what is it about people that's great? That, that's what he really wanted to spend his life exploring from that point on. And in the world of psychology and all of the literature, he found that there was a real lack in the field of anything about what's good with people. Everything was about what's wrong with people. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I want to fill this gap. And so he went out and started um, uh, the whole movement that is now strengths-based psychology in the United States. Uh, the result of his work uh, or one of the results of his work is the Clifton Strengths Assessment that's now administered by Gallup. The assessment itself will tell you again, like what are the talent themes that you have in rank order? So there's 34 talent themes that exist in, in the Strengths Assessment. So everyone will have them. They're just gonna be in different order. This assessment is given online. So it's 177 statement pairs where the person answering the assessment will say, this is more like me, or this is more like me. Okay. Um, through doing that, the assessment is trying to understand what is it that comes forward for you as the, your natural way of thinking, feeling, or behaving. Mm. And the result is again, this rank order of your talent themes, the top five are what we would call your signature themes. Okay. So sometimes you'll see, like you would see in my email handle, like these are my Clifton strengths, or sometimes you see that people will put them on LinkedIn. Those are their top five signature themes. Okay. Got it. Interesting. So it's an interesting gap that he was trying to fill. And I would agree that I think there is a perception within psychology that a lot of that is focused on. Yeah. What's maybe wrong with you or what are your weaknesses instead of kind of focusing and shining more of a light on what are your strengths and how to really hone and tap into that so that you can be the best version of yourself. Because when you're in that space, you're able to leverage those strengths and really Mm -hmm. bring that into everything you do. So I think it's really powerful work. Now, how have you used Clifton Strengths? Because I think you used to use it in your corporate role, right? Yes. So in my corporate role, I have trained probably upwards of a, a few hundred people in Clifton Strengths. So we would have people take the assessment. Now, this was not my full-time job, mm-hmm. um, but as a, um, a peer facilitator within the company, mm-hmm. people would take the assessment and we offered two classes. So I would facilitate either an individual discovering your strengths course or a team course. So for individuals, I think there are so much um, so much to be gained. And a lot of it's what you're talking about, like tapping into your strengths and coming from a place mm-hmm. of strength. In an individual, in the individual course, the content is around um, understanding what's on your report, which is really quite important. Like I, I can't really uh, explain the number of times I, it's pretty clear to me, people haven't read the full report, like yeah. it's important to understand, um, understand all the details there within the report. But uh, so for individuals, we would be thinking about 
what, um, what are the potential opportunities here for application? This is a significant difference, I think, for Clifton Strengths as compared to some other assessments. Clifton Strengths is all about how you take what you have, these talent themes, and how you can turn them into strengths. So we would look at the, the top five and sometimes the top 10 or 11, 12 of the talent themes that are on the report, and then tick through, okay, how am I using this on a daily basis? How am I underusing this on a daily basis? Do I recognize it when I'm doing it? Uh, these are all opportunities for individuals. Another is thinking about blind spots. If my talent themes guide me in a particular direction, what am I missing from the other ones that I'm, that are maybe lower on my list, but that's where other people operate. So that's for individuals. And then for managers or teams, Clifton Strengths can be used to identify on, in a team, do we have concentrations or clusters of certain talents? Do we have areas where we don't have certain talents? And what does that mean for how we operate? Because it may matter and it might not matter, right? It kind of all depends on what's the work that the team is doing. Um, we also, in a team setting, would think a lot about partnerships. So how does, if we're working on um, a particular, let's say a product design, we're designing a product together, and I'm coming to that product design with a very strategic mindset, but someone else is coming to it with a very um, relationship-focused mindset, how can we best work together to make sure that the product we're putting out is going to meet people's needs. And we're both bringing something different to the table. Yeah. In, in Clifton Strengths, one of the things that you talked about, and this is um, definitely, I think the thing that I try to emphasize the most in, in both of these courses is that you, to really get the most out of this, a person who's using the assessment has to do everything they can to move away from what we would call a deficit mindset, where we're focused on what we don't have, right? <laughs> so, yeah. A lot right? of us have that a lot of deficit it, mindset. Yeah, and it's, mm. you know, no harm, no foul. Like, I think mm -hmm. we're, we're really programmed that way. Oh, you, you got a B, not an A. Let's yeah. get you up to an A. Yeah. You know, like it rather than focusing on where are the strengths, where are the natural mm -hmm. pockets of talent? Like can, let's invest more, let's plow more into that. Mm -hmm. So moving people away from focus on what's on the bottom of the report. Mm -hmm. And then also when I'm saying the bottom of the report, I'm saying at the end of the sequence, because all these talents are rated one to 34. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, when I talk about the bottom of the report, I'm saying the, the bottom of the list, you're yep. less, um, prominent talent, right? We go there and we're comparing. Yeah. What do you have? What do I have? Mm -hmm. Who, well, what's the profile of the person who's really, really successful? How can I make my profile look like that? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And a real gift, I think of Clifton strengths is that if, if, the, the person can get beyond the deficit mindset. Like if we can move past that point and you can start seeing your strengths for all the enormous potential that they have, mm 
-hmm. Then you can see there's not one path to success. There's a multitude of paths and yours might look different Mm -hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. Right. That's probably, probably beautiful and more comfortable and better for you. Right. Yeah. And I can see how this would be a powerful tool in combination with coaching to help people understand what their strengths are and help them, like you said, kind of shift from maybe that deficit mindset to more of a growth mindset to help really tap into those strengths and start using them and applying them on a daily basis, whether you're a leader, whether you're just even within a team or an organization, like you said, just really understanding yourself better. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways, even Audrey, I think there's even a level of just healing in that, really understanding your authentic self and kind of dropping that baggage of, I need to be more like this. I, like you said, right. We're fed that from an early age. Like you need to walk this path. This means success. This means people will like you. This means people will respect you. This means we're fed it in the news from our family, Mm -hmm. from our communities everywhere where you start thinking, Oh, what's wrong with me? I'm not, I don't have this one skill set. So then I must not be good enough, but it's about really, like you said, understanding who you are and the beauty that you bring to the world and to the organization, wherever you are, and then really using that and leveraging it to me. I don't know. I was also getting a feeling of like, almost like some kind of internal healing, just really understanding that authentic part of yourself. I I think what you're tapping into is a hundred percent, especially for someone maybe who has who has maybe been in a corporate environment for a while or another environment where there's a lot of like competition and comparison. Mm -hmm. And maybe, maybe you've tried to fit a particular mold and reached a point, which I think many people have in the past (laughs) 22 months of just saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to fit this mold anymore. I don't want to push myself into this and contort myself, Mm -hmm. but what do I want instead? And Clifton Strengths can be so helpful in that way because it can give you the language to describe what you've already got. It can point you in a direction that may feel more natural. It's not a, it's not a career assessment. It's not saying you are this, so you should do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is saying, this is what, this is all, these are the resources you naturally have. This is what's within you. Take it and develop it and you, you will find success. Yeah. 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 That's, it's very that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I really like it because again, it's also helping. It feels like to some degree with level of acceptance as well, where it's like, okay, I may not be like this person who has these strengths. I have these other strengths and understanding them can help me actually get to whatever that place is that I'm looking to get to either in an organization or whatever, but really it goes back to, yeah, just really understanding yourself better and just Mm -hmm. really accepting these, all these different parts of you that have these strengths that you can really unlock and really leverage. Um, it just feels really powerful to me. And I, that's one of the things that I've always loved about, you know, strengths assessments, whatever, Mm -hmm. whichever one you want to talk about, but Clifton strengths, I mean, you know, we'll go over um, my uh, readout here in a second, just to give every, you know, the listeners an idea of some things maybe you can do if you do the strengths assessment to be able to see like how to kind of maybe take some of your top strengths and then work on ways to apply that 
um, into your career, your life. Um, so we'll do that in a little bit, but I love that you're talking about, um, just, yeah, understanding yourself more and just acceptance and, and really coming to a place again of just for me, it's healing. It's like, I'm not that person and that's okay. And let's start embracing and accepting who we are and just really bringing all of that to our teams and our, in the world. This is bringing back, um, a memory, like a memory of my, when I got in my assessment. So I, I mentioned that I'd taken it twice, one about 20 years ago and one time a few years ago. Uh, when I did it a few years ago, I did it with my peer group. So we were a leadership team. Um, we did it. And then all the people on our teams took the assessment as well. And this was before I was facilitating classes. And so I didn't have a whole lot of, I didn't have a depth of knowledge about what, what it all meant. We had a team grid put up. So the team grid shows everybody's top 10 um, ranked, you know, so here's the, the, the themes are across the top, the names are on the side, and then there's, you know, numbers within the grid. And my peer group to a person all had a particular theme. They all had a ranger theme in their top 10 and I did not. Mm. And I, it really got in my head, like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, do I belong? do I, do I fit on this team? Like, can I really be a leader if I don't have this? It really started to to kind of mess with me. And then somebody that I worked with, uh, who was not in the grid, uh, but was in this bigger group said, I thought it was really interesting that everyone else on the team had this, but you didn't. And I think that's a great diversity. Mm -hmm. I'm, I think it's good that you're not like everybody else. Yeah. And I thought, well, thank you so much for releasing that from me. And now I, now I really do see it that way, that when we think about these strengths, the talent themes that we're developing into strengths, uh, when we think about what we've got and we're comparing to other people, you know, think about the beauty of everything that's different. Because since we are so different, that's what makes us a great team. If we all had just exactly the same ingredients, like, right. How boring would that be? Oh so, yeah, I yeah, know. So it was. It was really when he said that to me. I thought, oh, yeah. Wow. Thank you. What a nice moment. That's nice yeah. that someone was able to see you and say, "Hey, I noticed this." You know, and I think it's great that you're different and validating mm-hmm. you in a lot of ways. Which I think, yeah. I don't know. I think we should do. We need to do that more, um, just in general. But I think that's a beautiful story because it's true. I mean, if we were all the same. I mean, where does innovation come from? Innovation normally comes from discomfort and being kind of outside of your edges. And if we are all the same and we're all operating in the same, you know, kind of within the same box, we're not able to really push ourselves outside of kind of those, those edges to really start thinking of things differently, to bring up maybe blind spots, to maybe start thinking of certain things a little bit differently because we all do come from different experiences, different strengths. We all are there for a reason to come together and work well together so that we can, you know, innovate, produce, connect, whatever your role is. Um, I think it's just, I I really think that there's a lot of benefits to it. And I really like that story because again, it sounds like that person was really just validating you and saying, no, it's okay. Um, that's great. So 
what do you think are some things that leaders can do? So if there's leaders listening to the podcast and maybe they've taken a Clifton strength or maybe they're going to, and they get the report, what are maybe a couple of tips you give them to be able to look at their report and understand it and really hone in on those strengths so that then they can bring that to their teams? Yeah. So a leader who's taking the assessment, um, and then looks at the results, I would say the, the first thing to do is to acknowledge those results. So, so if, the, if the leader is taking it and their whole team is not taking it, like we'll go two scenarios. So if they're taking it as an individual, acknowledge the results and acknowledge what the impact is on the people who work for you. Okay. Okay. For anyone who's reading the report, I would say try to do all you can to read the report without um, without much judgment about what the themes are, because the themes themselves are not good. The themes are not bad. It's all about how you apply it. Yeah. Right. So sink into it. Think about how you're applying it, what the impact could be on the people who work for you or with you. Mm-hmm. So an example could be um, let's say that I, as a leader have a very strong activator talent. The activator talent is, um, it's an influencing theme that is all about getting work started. It is an excitement for the new, um, a drive to launch, a drive to begin. Um, they're the people at the front of the marathon cheering you on. Like these are our activators who are fantastic. If you're an activator leading a team and you have a lot of enthusiasm and excitement for the front end, that's fantastic. If your team is responsible for seeing the thing all the way through, think about, do I reserve any of that enthusiasm for what happens later? Or is it all up front? Do I see and reward only the start or do I see and reward also the muddy middle? And kind of all the way through. So that's when I say, like, think about the impact of what it has. Like, so there could be a blind spot associated with your strengths. Another could be that you may identify through the report. You know, I tend to gravitate towards people who have similar strengths to me or who communicate in similar ways. Or when I'm making hiring decisions, do I think that I'm hiring people who think like me, which may be appropriate. It might not be. Yeah. This is all like building awareness. So I think that that's where leaders could start if they're doing it as an independent person. A really brave leader, I would say, would share their report with their team mm. and say, I took this assessment as I'm trying to learn more about myself. I'm trying to grow and stretch and explore my boundaries as a leader. Would you read this and tell me, do you think this is true? Do you see this in me and be ready to get that feedback? That is powerful. And I love that you said courageous leader, because that does take some courage to be vulnerable. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the other thing I love that you said, it's something that I am constantly preaching from my soapbox is seek out people different than you. Yeah. Always. That is, I don't know why for me, and maybe it'll show up in my report, but that has always been a major driver for me is I've always been curious. Like I am usually attracted to the person that 
everyone else is like, oh, wow, they're too much. They're too, (laughs) and they activate something in me. And I'm like, okay, I want to know more. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm. genuinely curious. Why are you triggering me so much at this moment? Um, And, you know, the beautiful relationships that I developed from that mindset, the, the great work that has come out of that is just having less fear around kind of, um, reaching out to and really connecting with people who are not necessarily like us or don't maybe aren't the ones that give us the real good feelings inside. Right. When we meet someone, we're like, Oh, you're just like me. I noticed that a lot of people have that tendency, which is natural. Absolutely. Can we push ourselves beyond that a little bit more to start getting more uncomfortable and really getting curious with maybe those people that aren't a lot like us, or maybe that do trigger us or that maybe we feel that kind of like friction with to see if there's something there. Because in my opinion, what I've noticed is that those feelings are typically trailheads for something more, meaning more like the innovation that has come out of some projects that I've worked on with people who in the beginning triggered the living, you know, what out of me, I was like, Whoa, (laughs) my initial reaction was like, stop, don't go any further. But if you can get past that, Mm -hmm. there's so much there that we, I think are leaving on the table, especially in corporate settings. I see it a lot with the, you know, the picking sides, the silos, the, my friends I'm bringing with me into this project. It's like, can we start to kind of broaden that, you know, our visibility and our ability to kind of withstand maybe some of that discomfort mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. produce some really great results yeah. and even great friendships at the end of the day. Um, and, and you said like the big I word innovation, like we, you want to mm-hmm. innovate. Yeah. You're, you're going to need, you might need something different. Yeah. You, you're going to need a different point of view, a different, um, a different take, a different elevation of certain things mm-hmm. that maybe don't currently exist on the team. Yeah. So as a leader, you know, we talked about if you're taking it as an individual, I'm a leader who's an individual and I'm the only person who's taking it. And now what do I do? Another, another route of application is for leaders of teams where the entire team has taken it. And so when you have, um, and I, I, when I was telling you my story about the team grid, like, so we get a view of everyone on the team and where the talents are, where the pockets of, of deep talent are, what we're leading with. Um, if that is the scenario where the full team has taken it, then I would say some practical things that, that the leader can do is use use what they now understand about people's talents when they're thinking about partnerships or forming new teams around work. Mm-hmm. So product development example, we're creating a new product. I have 30 people on my team. Um, maybe what I do is I take, I'm very intentional about forming partnerships where certain people on the team are, are working together and made aware of one another's strengths and start with strength. So first meeting of the team, let's get together. What are your strengths? How can I get the best of those strengths? When am I going to get the worst of those strengths? Um, But using it as a starting point or a roadmap for where to align people, where to align people to certain bodies of work. Um, The leader can also model the strengths mindset to the team by talking about their strengths, adopt the language. The language is one of the 
real powers of, of Clifton Strengths. So for anyone who takes the assessment, if you're um, building a resume, writing your performance review, writing someone else's performance review, once you have that assessment, you have pages and pages and pages of language that can help describe who you are, what's great about you, what's your secret sauce. Mm -hmm. Use it over and over again. And as a leader to demonstrate that strengths mindset, talk about what you have. Also, as a leader, once you're demonstrating that to your team, who we're all synchronized on the, this language, we all know what it means if I say I'm leading with a strategic theme or I'm leading with empathy. Um, now that we, we all have this common language, I can also just as easily talk about what my weaknesses are and it's not threatening. Because I'm so grounded in what is right about me and what's what I'm strong in that the stuff that I'm not good at is just not scary anymore. Well, it comes back to that acceptance piece for me as well. It's like, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, the, the less, cause it almost feels like even just in general with like mental health, like the more we talk about it, the less it feels like a stigma or like it's labeled as something like, Oh, that's bad. Right. The, like you said in the beginning, right? It's not good. It's not bad. It's just who you are, how you were born, your experiences, everything you have been through in your life comes together to form these strengths that you have. It's just what's there. And the more we can remove, I think that kind of feeling or that stigma behind things, it helps people again, feel more like when they can accept themselves, I feel like it becomes easier for others to accept them as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to build that foundation. Like you were saying within teams is just saying, Hey, here's where I am. And also acknowledging, like you said, we all have blind spots. And even in these strengths, there are blind spots. And even my boss has come to me before and said, Hey, I have blind spots. And I want you to tell me when you see them, or if you see certain behaviors. So we can start then, like you said, I love language, put language behind things and start labeling it so that we're all on the same page. We all know what we're seeing and it's just there. And it's not this like, oh, there goes Audrey again, doing that thing that no one, like, let, I think the more that we talk about it and the more we can normalize it, um, I feel like it just helps with that acceptance and healing um, piece. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, That's really powerful. Yeah. So you can just, build, it can really help people build confidence also, um, confident about what you bring to the table, um, you know, and and also be more clear about what you need from other people in a given situation. Yeah. No, that's really powerful. And the next thing I wanted to kind of shift into was looking at, so I took the strengths, uh, Mm -hmm. Clifton strengths assessment, and just to give people some context, maybe if they take the Clifton Strengths Assessment, what can, or maybe some of the things that they can look at and do when they're looking at their results. So I thought it would be kind of fun to do a little, you know, short demo of, hey, let's review my Clifton Strengths and give people some context on what they're looking at and and how to kind of decipher it. Yeah. Great. Um, so depending on what you end up doing on, through the Gallup website, there are a couple of options. There are, there are, I think are three different sets of reports that are out there now. One of them is the top five report. That's your signature theme report. If you 
buy the um, Clifton Strengths book. There's a code in the back of the book where you can get the top five, or you can just buy the top five online. The next level up is kind of the minimum that I would recommend for anyone who's serious about this. And that is to get your full 34 report. Okay. The full 34 report is going to rank order one through five, one, excuse me, one through 34, your talent themes. Um, what it also is going to do is it's going to give you even more um, specific output that's related to your themes. And I'll come back to that in a minute. And then the third uh, is a newer release and it's a Clifton Strengths Report for managers. So understanding what, what do you as a leader or a manager, how are you um, showing up with your strengths in, in a work setting? Gotcha. If the 34 report is kind of mostly where I, where I play, um, as a person is looking at the report, here's what you're going to want to see. Uh, you will see something that looks like a little DNA strip. And it's going to show all your talents um, from one to 34. It will follow, that will be followed by a write-up of the top 10. Okay. When reading the top 10, what is especially important in the report, in my opinion, is that you are reading the text that is hyper-specific to you. So what I mean by that is like, so Jen, your top five I have here are adaptability, empathy, connectedness, ideation, and self-assurance. And you and I share empathy and connectedness in our top five. Hmm. Your write-up of empathy and your write-up of connectedness is going to be different than mine because of what is around it. Oh, like okay. Yours is going to be more influenced. Your empathy is going to be more influenced by adaptability than mine would be because adaptability is much further in the report for me. Oh, I see. Okay. So they're relational, it sounds like. They're relational. Yeah. Okay. And so that 34 report is going to give you content that is even more specific to you. It's not the generic standalone theme. It's influenced by its neighbors. Gotcha. Really, I think that's why the 34 report is especially, especially valuable. And you get that kind of all the way down the report. After reading that, and maybe taking a break and having some coffee or something else, then read the blind spot section. Each theme in the report is going to have a section about blind spots. Mm. Okay. Um, now those are going to be generic to the theme. They're not specific to you, but you'll know your truth when you read the blind spots. Like, is this true for me or not? <laughs> and You're like, darn it. They found me out. They figured me I out. Know. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so spend some time, um, understanding those. Um, the final thing I would say is like, after you get the, you have the report, you've read it, you've thought about it. If you've shared it even better, mm-hmm. if you're at a point where you're ready to develop one of these even further, then we'd move into one of Gallup's models. That's called name it, claim it, name it. And maybe you and I could experiment with that today. If there's something that you particularly want to work on, I don't know if there's one of those top five that you have in mind. Read them to me again. (laughs) Yep. So you've got adaptability. Yeah, that's fine. Adaptability, empathy, connectedness, ideation, and self-assurance. How about self-assurance? Okay. 
So self-assurance is a talent that says I'm pretty grounded in who I am. Like I'm, when I say things, I'm confident with what I'm saying. I um, am, am certain that I can get through different things. It's a certain level of, um, I think, I don't know if I already used the word confidence, but a certain level mm-hmm. of confidence and okay. um, self-efficacy, my ability to get through stuff. Um, so when you're, if you were to name it, like, does that feel true to you? Would you say that's one of your talents? I would say, yeah, I would say so. I, I, I'm, as you're talking though, I'm thinking about the blind spots because they're, of course, are blind spots, but um, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would say for the most part, and that would be probably pretty close to also the feedback that I get that at one point in my life, I was a little surprised by, um, but yeah, I would say so. Okay. And if you were going to name it, um, if you're going to expand the name self-assurance to something else, like what might you say? Is it a, is it a quiet self-assurance? Is it, um, a calm, is it loud? Is it like, if you were going to put an adjective somewhere around self-assurance, what might you add? To yeah, make I, it would easy s- I would say it's, um, I would say peaceful. Okay. Maybe like in the vein of self-assurance it, I don't know if it's as much like confidence in the sense of just kind of trust and just peace is what it feels like. I hear also groundedness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've got this peaceful self-assurance so that we've gone through name it. And obviously we're doing this very quickly. So your version of self-assurance is, is a peaceful self-assurance. Mm-hmm. And then if you claim it, what would your proof points be for that? Like, you know, this is true because what? Well, I actually know this is true because um, somebody actually recently named it for me in a talent review that I was in saying, you know what? I think one of your greatest strengths is that you bring peace and calm to every situation and to a lot of people. Um, that was a pretty big validation for me that happened just recently that mm-hmm. I had never really discussed with this person. Um, and to hear that, I was like, Oh, okay. That sounds like that definitely helped my self-assurance going, okay. That, that feels true to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So great example of, of claiming it. Mm-hmm. I wonder too, for you, if because you have self-assurance and empathy together, like sometimes empathy can, um, unchecked, it can like overwhelm a person just taking on everything of everybody else. But for you, if the self-assurance has some buffering effect against that, where you can remain empathetic, but not, not as easily be overwhelmed, or if that might be something to tap into. Yeah. It's definitely, for me, it's like a balance. I like how you said it was kind of buffering because I feel like I really need to regulate myself in that way because I can get really easily sucked into, um, those feelings and get kind of in ruminate and get really kind of dragged down. It really, that self-assurance has to help kind of balance Mm -hmm. out that empathy, I think. Um, and I think they're complementary as well, but it does feel like it's, there is some kind of regulating that's going on Mm -hmm. as well. I could see the compliment, um, one of the many potential compliments being that, um, I can be empathetic to other people's point of view that I don't agree with, 
but because mm-hmm. I have so much self-assurance, it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And politics yeah. would be a good one or, you that's know, that's a other- great example. <laughs> we need <laughs> Where, more people like you. <laughs> right. Well, I mean that, and, and that's what I tell people too, because it, sometimes it, it almost kind of like, I think like, isn't everybody like this going back to, we're not all the same, but I have those feelings sometimes of like, well, I can be friends with people who may not share exactly my you know, viewpoints on things or, and I can empathize with them completely, but I know others who are like, absolutely not. Like I would never. And I'm like, Whoa, like I'm much, yeah. I think of it much differently. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I I think because of your, and part of that's your strengths, like, Mm -hmm. you know, coming through. Okay. So step one was name it. Step two is claim it. And you could probably think of lots of other examples of like Mm -hmm. your proof points of how this is true. And I'd say for someone who is going through this exercise, and struggling with claim it, ask other people, like you got third-party verification through your review. You can ask other people if you're struggling. So now aim it. And this is the real practical, like, so what about it? But what do I want to do with it? What do I want to develop? Is there a problem I want to solve? So for self-assurance, anything that comes to mind about, and it, you don't have to start with self-assurance, but anything that comes to mind that you want to make some progress on that we might aim self-assurance at? I think just in general, as I'm making some big pivots in my life, in my career, especially um, towards coaching and towards doing some big things, I know that self-assurance is something that I, I find myself tapping into a lot because I do have those, like we all have those thoughts and, you know, that, those kind of blind spots that come up for me where it's like questioning myself and self-doubt. So I, yeah. I feel like I have to really tap into that self-assurance, which again is this peaceful, but also it's almost like this deep inner knowing of going, you have this, like you got it. Like, you know, exactly what you want to do Just stay with it, tap into that. Because for me, that's what helps kind of keep me when I get, when I, I find myself kind of drifting, I have mm-hmm. to kind of make sure that I, I re aim or refocus myself back on kind of what is really guiding me and what I feel is, you know, my deeper inner knowing, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, So for me, I think it's just as I continue to rotate into this new kind of career in life and, you know, what I'm trying to build, just really tapping into that self-assurance and um, making sure that I don't, um, get to, for me, it's about getting too sucked into kind of those thoughts and, you know, self-doubt, all that. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So short example Mm -hmm. of how it might be used, um, had a very practical, simple model, name it, claim it, aim it. I have seen people use this for development planning. I have seen people use it in response to performance reviews. So for example, if someone got critical feedback about a certain thing, um, accuracy, I don't know, like, okay, what, what are, what's in my top five, top 10 that I can pull upon? What would I name it? How, what are, what's the evidence that I can do it? And then what do I want to aim it at? And, and, and they don't have to be like leaps. They can just be small incremental steps because that's how you build a muscle. You don't build a muscle lifting 500 pounds. <laughs> well, most right. people don't, right? right? That's how you hurt yourself. So please don't do that. <laughs> um, just small steps. 
Yeah, I agree. Just those tiny tweaks, I think. And, and that's why in a previous episode, I had recorded a session on a reflection practice that I do. Yeah. And that's just a daily thing for me to kind of really tap into kind of what's going on. Like, what am I feeling? What am I picking up on being high in empathy? I do pick up on a lot of stuff. It's just kind of trying to help again, regulate myself and really quiet things down as much as possible so that I can tap into those strengths and keep myself aimed at the right thing or Mm -hmm. what feels right to me. Um, I think it's just so important to have some kind of a practice that you can use on an ongoing basis and not necessarily always wait till sometimes I feel like we wait until like almost like the, the house is on fire. It's like, Oh my gosh, now I need to make, I've seen this a lot in corporate where, Oh my gosh, my boss is telling me I need to make all these big changes. And then we're grasping at things and, you know, almost in desperation, it, but it mm-hmm. almost feels like an integration, integrating yeah. these things into kind of our everyday lives to make those little tweaks and find these, uh, these things that can help us just kind of stay focused and keep that aiming on track. Mm-hmm. I, the, re, the reflecting reflective practice, am I using the right word? Yeah. I, I can imagine like if someone had, if someone already has a practice like that, and then they take the, the strengths assessment, a simple thing could be at the end of each day, think about three of the top 10. How did I use this today? Mm-hmm. What makes this real for me today? Yeah. Or like, did I miss an opportunity? Did I miss an opportunity to use it? But really like really becoming intentional and owning what's towards the top of your report. I yeah, think that, it really helps somebody. That was other, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the other key word that I pulled out of um, what you were saying earlier about being intentional. For me, it is about being more intentional um, every day and as much as we can about all of these things. Like you said, Mm -hmm. I love some of those things you were saying. That's what I do is I reflect on, you know, what happened today? How did I use my strengths? What came up? Maybe what popped up that might be a blind spot that I wasn't aware of? What am I feeling? How is that influencing me in different ways? But just really getting into that curiosity, I think that as coaches, I mean, for me, it's just something that I do because I'm so fascinated with curiosity and just with clients, but even with myself, it's about just being really curious about what's coming up and then being really intentional about how do I want to aim, you know, my, my next day, my next week, even next year as we're going into January, 2022, where do I want to aim it in the next Mm -hmm. year? And what do I want to focus on? And then just start building it slowly. It's definitely those little tweaks. Like I think it's about those little tweaks every day that start to produce the results. So, yeah. If I could leave your listeners with like Mm -hmm. nothing else, like if, if I said, okay, what, what should you really take away from this discussion about Clifton strengths? I would say if you had to choose among the suite of reports, go for the full 34 report and read, reread it and share it. Okay. And the sharing it is because people in your life are going to reflect back to you what is true about that report. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're going to be able to point, point, it, point it out for you. Yeah. I would say, um, secondly, like resist the urge to focus on the bottom of the list. This is where we started with the deficit mindset conversation. Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, 
if you, if you can't stay away from the bottom of the report, then when you get there, be really critical and say, so what? What about not having these things has actually practically mattered in my life? Yeah. Right? Have I found a different way? Mm-hmm. Is it is not having this really getting in the way of my success? Or am I comparing myself perhaps to something, some artificial benchmark that's not real? Mm. Um so if you couldn't do anything else, I'd say like, if you just did those, those things, the full 34 report, read it and share it and be critical of like the, that deficit mindset, then I think that it, that alone will help. That's awesome. That's great. Great feedback. Cause yeah, I know that even for myself, I, I think a lot of us tend to look for kind of what's wrong or what's, you know what do we need to work on instead of really focusing on, you know, what, what do I have to bring to the table? Right. And I love that, that switch in mindset. That was really fantastic. And I think you also have a discount code for the listeners as well. What do you mind sharing that with oh, listeners? I'd be, to- I'd be happy to share it. Um, so my discount code for all the, in the lead listeners is a 20% discount on any purchase you make on my website. Uh, so the code itself is ITL 20. Um, please take advantage of it. Like I'd love to have a strengths conversation with you. If you are just wondering, how can I learn more about this? I have some clarifying questions. No problem. Uh, you can book a free 30 minute meeting with me through the website. It's just an exploratory conversation about learning more about strengths, kind of what we would do if we had a strengths engagement. Um, awesome. I will say I've never had even a short, like exploratory conversation, not yield some value, even if it's just a simple, like reframe or connection. So, no, I love the practice you gave too, because that even gave me a lot of value. And I'll be Great. thinking about that today, even just with that, you know, name it, claim it, aim it. Um, that's really powerful tool. Um, that's great. What is what is your website, by the way? Where can so my you? website is. Um, really hard to spell. I probably oh. need a new one. <laughs> this is my last name. So it's rynackco.com. Okay. Um, and I think it'll probably be in the, the yeah. notes about this podcast, mm-hmm. but it's yeah, rynackco.com. Okay. And um, yeah, I'm available on LinkedIn. You know, come find me. I communicate quite a bit through LinkedIn. So that's another, another avenue. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today, but we do have um, the last segment, which is the leading yeah. questions segment that I'm really excited about just to get a little bit more con- you know, information about who's Audrey and you know, what, um, who you're about and what do you, what do you, uh, what do you like? So I have a, co- a few questions um, that I typically ask listeners. So the first one is what is your favorite book on your bookshelf? Well, I love this question. Um, because intellection is one of my top themes, uh, which is all about collecting and acquiring information and really just for no other reason than because I enjoy it. (laughs) Um, And so I have lots of books on my bookshelf. I'd say a favorite of um, the recent past is Malcolm Gladwell's uh, Talking to Strangers, which is all about... um, how good we think we are about judging strangers, but how bad we really are mm-hmm. and goes through some very relevant recent topics. Um, but great book. Um, the current book I'm reading has been on my bookshelf for a long time. 
uh, everyone else in our house has read it except for me and it's unbroken. I forget the writer, but it's a World War II story about uh-huh. a gentleman who is a pilot and I'm not awesome. through it yet, but really good. So awesome. I like those books. Those sound like really interesting books and sound. I like that first one actually about, yeah, about judgment and how, yeah, how often our judgments and assumptions are actually pretty mm-hmm. far off. And that's interesting. Yeah. I have to keep that one in yeah, mind. Yeah, it's it's good. It talks about what we it's, it's good. <laughs> I know I could probably do a whole entire set right. of books. I love books. Um, so what is one thing that you are most proud of? Aside from my daughters who I'm, I'm tremendously proud of, I'd say I am really proud of in the past two years, um, like how much resilience I've found that I have and how much I can really do, uh, that seemed previously maybe impossible or out of reach. I mean, so yeah, so I'd say, I'd say resilience and those kind of inner wells of when you need it, you find it. Um, And the pandemic was just amazing for that mm -hmm. to really give us the opportunity to, to test us, to force us to be still, to force us to, really just, I mean, it gave us a good opportunity to reflect and really, um, be present with everything going on. That's beautiful. I love it. Um, tell me about an influential person in your life and how did they impact you? This is not, um, purely to get brownie points. Cause I'm not sure if he'll listen to this podcast, but I would mm-hmm. say my husband is probably the most influential person in my life. Oh. He um, he just, in, he inspires me every day to be better, right? Like he, uh, at a young age, like in his early twenties had a life-threatening illness, mm-hmm. fought through that, like has had other health challenges and struggles, but he always has just these endless, <laughs> endless wells or reserves of optimism and positivity that I really, really admire. Um, yeah, so I, I'd say like he, he always, when I think about him or I'm in a difficult situation, or maybe I'm not being my best self, I think about like, what would, how would he approach this situation? And, um, I think his number one, yeah, his number one Clifton strength is positivity. And I don't think anyone would second guess that. <laughs> so, what a blessing. Oh, yeah. you make me cry. Still know, early in the morning, Andre, to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, what a what a blessing to have such a powerful influence like that in your life. That's I've, yeah, he's the most positive person I've I've ever known. And yeah. it's been a great impact on my life. So oh, yeah. so lucky. And your kids are so lucky to have both of you. That's, that's really you. awesome. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be? I think I would like to live in Australia or Singapore. Hmm. Um, yeah, maybe not forever, but I, there's something about the cultures and the people and maybe the distance like that just makes me wonder. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful too. Makes me wonder. I like Singapore. I could probably do that myself. Yeah. That's a good one. I know. And all this time we've had staying at home and 
had a lot of time to think about those kinds of things. Right. I wonder what it would be like, you know, quarantining right now in a different country. And what if I were there? That would be, I thought a lot about Hawaii too. I was like, oh, yeah, so nice to be locked down right now in Hawaii. Hawaii. Um, Great. But that's great. So what is the last question is what is the most important lesson that you have learned in your life? The most important lesson I have learned um, that I carry with me all the time and I say to myself often is calm down. You never know what will happen next. Like I put, I have through my life put so much energy and I still do like it's work in progress, Mm -hmm. put so much energy into worrying and forecasting what's going to go wrong it just, it's probably taken years. Like if I added up all the time I spent doing that, it's probably years of my life. So yeah. Yeah. Calm down. You never know what will happen next. That's awesome. That reminds me of just being really present. And that was another thing that struck me again during the pandemic and all the time we had was you didn't really have anything else. Like it was, you had to be almost forced to be really present and just be very, grounded and rooted in today. Cause you didn't know, I mean, literally we don't still know what right. tomorrow's gonna, yeah. you know, could be, I mean, I'm not trying to say anything. I'm going to knock on wood, pray, yeah. you know, but you never know. So that's really yeah. powerful to have that, that mindset. Um, oh, this was such a great conversation, Andre. I'm so really glad that our paths crossed through the UTD program and that you were willing to come on the show with me today and talk about Clifton strengths and give so many valuable tools to the listeners to be able to understand themselves a little bit better. Cause at the core for me, the intention with this podcast is to help people just gain that acceptance of themselves and find that healing that I think we all are searching for. And for me, I think that makes great leadership, um, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for each person. So I appreciate you and Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Um, I think Clifton Strengths can be of great service to what you're talking about, um, helping people build that awareness and self-acceptance. Um, yeah. The more grounded you are in your strengths, the rest of it just kind of sheets right off. Like it gets a lot easier. I agree. Do you want to give your website and discount code one more time for the listeners sure. in case they missed yeah. it? So it's rynacco.com. So that's spelled R-A-J-N-A-K-C-O.com. And the discount code is ITL for in the lead, ITL20. Uh, So 20% off like any any purchase through the website. If you have any challenges, just shoot me a note. Um, Yeah, I I do have one other thing to add. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'd be an edit. Um, so while I am, I am a Gallup certified strengths coach. I don't represent the Gallup organization. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. We can. We'll make sure to get that in there. And okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I just really appreciate your time today, Audrey. And it was um, just a pleasure, kind of walking through this and getting even some new context for me on you know Clifton strengths and getting a little bit more uh, background and tips. So I really appreciate that. And I hope that you have a great holiday. Thank you. And yeah, we'll, we'll see everybody on the show next time. 